How many of you love Jesus? Can we show that by clapping and just saying, hey, it's a great day to be together as a church. I want to say a special welcome to everyone joining Emmanuel Lakeville, Emmanuel Elk River, Emmanuel Maple Grove, and Emmanuel online from your tree stand or your beach that you're at today. And I want to thank all the faithful remnants that are in the room this morning. I'm just kidding. Love that we get to uh, celebrate a holiday at a time. Remember what Pastor Nate has taught us? How many of you have enjoyed uh, Thanksgiving this past week? It's so good. Uh, I, I uh, did a practical test. You know how they say there's this thing in, in Turkey that kind of puts you to sleep. And, uh, and so I, I experimented with that over various days over the past week. I think it's called trip to couch or trip to couch to nap is what it's actually called. And uh, I love that uh, Pastor Nate reminded us this past week that uh, gratitude is the refresh button. And I don't know if you were able to practice that this past week, but as we have an attitude of thanksgiving, of gratitude, something happens with our mindset, something happens with our perspective. And, uh, and I love that we can focus on so many things that we can thank God for. How many say amen to that? Amen. Well, I'm excited to be able to start a new series today called Joy to the World. And we are officially uh, green-lighted to celebrate Christmas. If you've not yet set up your Christmas tree, you can do that even this afternoon. Wait till I'm done preaching, and then you can go and uh, visit a tree farm and, t- and tackle that t- Christmas tree. But uh, we, we are going to jump into our new series that focuses on the fact that God has had a plan to bring joy to the world since the very beginning. This is not something that is like an add-on or an appendix to his plan. He wants joy to be present in the world. World speaking of humanity, of the whole planet, and world speaking of our inner world, of your world, my world, where we are at. God wants to reign with joy. How many say amen? I'll take some of that. Thank you, God. Uh, Today, I was reminded of, you know, I used to play games on my phone a lot. I'm not going to do a show of hands for that because it's it's embarrassing. Once you get that, you know, your your, your screen time diagnostics and you're like, no, something there. This must have been hacked. I can't have spent X amount of time on my phone playing games. And a couple years ago, I shifted away from playing games and I'm like, that's useless time. And I uh, picked up surveys. And uh, <laughs> at least I'm getting paid while I'm on my phone. And uh, so if I'm in the line somewhere, I'll just do surveys and, uh, and, I'll, and I'll get paid like cents uh, for uh, being on my phone. But uh, one of the recent surveys that I had was, what's your favorite thing about the holidays? Is it the weather? Is it skiing? Is it snowboarding? Is it drinking hot cocoa? And so you had to choose whatever one. And you're trying to get through these questions quick so that you can just, you can cash in on the few cents that they're going to give you. And then they're like, what's your favorite holiday? You know, and so, and a very, you know, very, uh, very broad question. And I definitely chose Christmas, not just because I wanted to cash in on that survey, but because Christmas is such an incredible opportunity to remember our Savior being dressed in flesh, coming from uh, the honor and the dignity of being God himself and coming down to dress himself as a human to become a servant, to die for us. And we just celebrated communion together to be able to uh, bring hope into our story. Christmas is about Christ being born. And sometimes a, a phrase can be repeated so often 
that it turns into a cliche and it can almost lose some of its impact, its strength. But Jesus truly is the reason for the season. How many say amen to that, right? So today we are beginning to look at the fact that God has had a plan to bring joy into the world and he does that through the person of Jesus Christ. He brings joy to the world uh, like that, that carol that we sing oftentimes. The, uh, you know, as we finish this past series, uh, we, you know, that Missio Dei, the mission of God, we talked about how from the beginning he has always been on mission to reach to rescue, to save, to find those who are lost. And the biggest expression of that is that God sent his son so that he could reach each and every one of us. Not only 2,000 years ago. We're not celebrating an event that happened two years ago, 2,000 years ago. We're celebrating an event that happens daily today as God continues to reach and find those who are lost. God continues to reign in peace. He continues to establish his presence and his purpose in our midst. And as we're, uh, we're starting today, I want to remind you that uh, today is the, actually, if you're, uh, you're the kind of person that does, okay, we got to do our, our series in a very specific, uh, you know, our, our holidays in a very specific way, and, and uh, you've maybe grown up in a tradition where you celebrate Advent. Today is actually the first day of Advent, and uh, maybe the thing that you remember most about Advent is accessing the candy behind each of the windows, Right? <laughs> And you're like, yes, I love, I love some more candy today. Well, we actually have a calendar that you are going to be receiving on the way out today. It's a magnet that you can put on your fridge. And uh, these are for free. I'm not selling anything right now. Uh, you'll be receiving one of these as you go out. And it's today's the first day of Advent. Advent is uh, a historic uh, tradition of the Christian church. It actually means to uh, the, the coming of, of Christ. And, uh, and, and many times we think of Advent as focusing on that first coming of Christ as he was born as a baby in Bethlehem. But it doesn't only focus on that. It actually refers to his return as well. And it's living in the hope and the expectation that Christ, who came as a baby, will return as a king. And so as we go through uh, this Christmas season, we actually have some great Advent readings that you can use daily as we approach Christmas. And uh, you got also, as you have this on your fridge, you can mark the days if you want. And, uh, and then also there's uh, all the different service times we have for our Christmas Adam Annual this year. It's going to be a powerful time, not only for us to celebrate, what an incredible opportunity for us to invite friends and family. So all the unique service times, Christmas at Emmanuel for each of our locations, you'll be able to access that. Make sure you put this on your fridge and uh, use it as a reminder. And it's great. I don't know how many of you already bought Christmas presents for everyone in your family. Yeah, you can just raise your hand and it'll make you look good. Uh, some of you are like, yeah, that's what Black Friday is for, right? And uh, some of you are like, I'm waiting for Cyber Monday. And uh, some of you are like, I like the adrenaline of last minute. Uh, woo, right? But Christmas is about so much more than gifts. It's really about kind of recalibrating, recentering our faith and saying, Jesus, you are my Savior. You've come into my world. You've transformed me. You've changed everything. And, uh, and we honor and we worship you. Love the, uh, the, the title for our series and, this, and for the message today is Joy to the World. And there, uh, there's a little aspect, I'm not going to park on this much, but I need to mention there's a small event happening worldwide right now. 
If you know anything about me, you know that I grew up in South America as a missionary kid in Argentina. And, uh, and there's this thing that happens every four years called the World Cup. And uh, some of you are like, what, what do you do? do you, is it a cup to drink out of? No, it's actually a championship for uh, what the rest of the world knows as football. And, uh, and here we call it soccer here in, in the U.S., right? Now, some of you are like, it's, I mean, 22 guys just running around and celebrating a 0-0 score. Like, how exciting can that be? That was England and the U.S. Uh, this past Friday at 1 p.m. But if you looked in the stands, I'm pretty sure I saw George Washington there waving and saying, we beat you guys back in 1776. And, uh, and so it's a, it's a worldwide event. It's a, pretty, it's a pretty fascinating thing. I remember being in school and they would actually cancel classes during the games that Argentina was playing. They would pull out a big TV and we would all watch the game together because there was no way to compete with it. Remember in 86, the last time Argentina won, uh, we celebrated till we all lost our voices. And, uh, and there was, I mean, just filled the, the, the city with paper and, and it was just, it was incredible. And so, um, you know, that we're, you know, as we're talking about Jesus bringing joy to the world, uh, we also want to celebrate the fact that we are a house of prayer for all nations. I love that about our essence, about our DNA here at Emmanuel. How many are grateful that God has brought up an incredible family filled with the variety, the beauty of all nationalities, different languages that are spoken here. That's something that we can all celebrate together, right? Amen. And so I, we, I've got a, a, an assignment for you uh, for this upcoming Sunday. Wanna, you know, the World Cup usually happens during, it's every four years, usually happens June, July, but because it's held in Qatar this year, it's too hot June, July. And so they moved it, and this is, it was amazing. I, Thanksgiving was World Cup games, Turkey, more Turkey, Naps, World Cup games, uh, Vikings. Hey, how about that game with the Vikings? That was, woo, school, right? And so some of you woke up right then, you're like, is he done talking about soccer? Uh, I'm going to talk about curling in a little bit too. So, um, the the, uh, the the amazing thing about about being a house of prayer from all nations is that we get to celebrate the the beauty of the variety that God has brought into our family. So, an assignment this upcoming Sunday on December 4th, everyone gets to wear their national jersey or their national outfit, something to celebrate your your national heritage, not as a way to, we don't want anyone like picking fights and, and uh, you know, I know it's World Cup and all that, but no one fighting in the lobbies, but it's a way to celebrate and uh, we're going to have a bunch of variety of different colors and different, it's kind of like the Olympics, but focused on a sport that everyone is obsessed with and uh, most everyone. And, uh, <laughs> and then uh, a second assignment, I need you to pray for Argentina because we need it in this World Cup. Um, Yes, I'll get to that point later on. Uh, so back to joy to the world. Joy to the world. How many of you know the, uh, the Christmas carol? You recognize it. Joy to the world. You already saying it before. Did you know, did you know that that was not written as a Christmas carol? That was not like Maria Carey saying, I'm going to actually, or Justin Bieber saying, I'm going to record something for Christmas. This was actually written in a, in a very different approach. Uh, Sir Isaac Watts wrote Joy to the World as a commentary on Psalm 98. 
it was, he was an English minister and hymnist, and he didn't write it out as a Christmas carol. In fact, he wrote it more focused on the second coming of Christ. This was part of a book that he compiled uh, called The Psalms of David, and uh, he paraphrased the different psalms as he was writing this. So uh, Psalm 98, let me read it to you, and then if you can kind of connect the dots and recognize some of the different themes of this carol, uh, think of it in terms not only of Christmas, of the first coming of Christ, but think of it in terms of the return of Christ. Sing a new song to the Lord, for he has done wonderful deeds. His hand has won a mighty victory. His holy arm has shown his saving power. The Lord has announced his victory and has revealed his righteousness to every nation. He has remembered his promise to love and be faithful to Israel. The ends of the earth have seen the glory and the victory of our God. Shout to the Lord, all the earth. Break out in praise and sing for joy. Sing your praises to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the melodious song, with trumpets and the sound of the ram's horn. Make a joyful symphony before the Lord, the King. Let the sea and everything in it shout his praise. Let the earth and all living things join in. Let the rivers clap their hands in glee. Let the hills sing out their song of joy before the Lord. For he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with justice and the nations with fairness. So really is focused. Obviously, Psalms were written before Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And, uh, and there was a part of this that was fulfilled when he came as a baby and there's a bigger part that's going to be fulfilled as he returns as a king. I've asked Pastor John Carlos to actually lead us as we all sing this carol. But I want you to, to sing it thinking that this is not only looking back at an event from 2,000 years ago. This is a song of hope. It's a song of declaration. It's a song of saying we have anticipation in the advent, the coming of our king. Amen. Pastor John Carlos. Nations prove the 
works of his love and wonders of his love and wonders, wonders of his love. Amen. We just celebrate in joy. Thank you, Pastor John Carlos. Pastor Nate's a lot braver. He would sing a cappella and just lead you all. I need help. <laughs> I appreciate the help of Pastor John Carlos. Joy to the world is it's a statement about God's plan, his purpose for humanity. And that joy isn't restricted to the single event of Christ being born 2,000 years ago. It's a plan that continues to be built and developed, uh, and God continues to establish that. I love how God describes joy. If you look for the word joy throughout Scripture, there's so much that we can learn about this. In fact, I want to I wanna give you a quick sampling of some of the, my favorite verses about joy and what God says about it. It says in Psalm 16, verse 11, the English Standard Version, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. John 15, 11, this is Jesus speaking. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy Yes, your joy will overflow. It's powerful. Philippians 4, 4, the words of Paul, always be joyful in the Lord. When? Always. Be joyful in what? In the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Nehemiah 8, 10, this is great. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Psalm 32, 11, so rejoice in the Lord and be glad all you who obey him, shout for joy, all whose hearts are pure. Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Philemon 1, 7. This is a, a, a Paul is commending uh, Philemon, who he's writing this letter to, and he says, your love has given me much joy and comfort, my brother, for your kindness has often refreshed the hearts of God's people. It's a beautiful verse. Psalm 51, 12. This is David speaking as he's confronted with the ugliness of his own sin. And he's come to a place of repentance and a place of personal responsibility. And a place of saying, I, I want to change. I want to turn from my sin. I want to turn back to God. And he says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. And make me willing to obey you. That's a beautiful, that's a powerful thing. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Hebrews 12, 2. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. The champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. So joy is present ahead. It's present inside. It's an attitude. It's a decision. It's, it's, a, it, it's a mindset. It doesn't mean that there is no difficulties around us. In fact, Christ hanging on the cross endured it because of the joy set before him, because of the joy of knowing that you and I would experience hope and grace and salvation. 
And joy is, is our strength, and it's our fuel, and it's our mindset, it's our attitude. It's part of God's plan for us. Amen? Amen. Another verse that I, I uh, found later on, and this is not going to be in your notes, but you can actually write it down, 1513 of Proverbs. It says, a glad heart makes a happy face. Turn to the person next to you and uh, judge them. Are they joyful or are they not? No, I'm just kidding. I think there's a direct correlation between your wrinkles and your level of joy in life. And uh, you have happy wrinkles or not, right? And so, so much of, of joy is present throughout God's plan. Old Testament, New Testament, from the beginning to the end. This is part of, of who God is. Uh, as a church, did you know that we have, we, we identified certain different key core values for our team that are representative of our, our DNA here at Emmanuel, and, uh, and we actually uh, defined them, and we've got them hanging up in our team lounge here at Spring Lake Park, and uh, it's honor, team, ownership, excellence, generosity, health, and joy, and joy made it in there, and I want to give you a little of the backstory here. Joy, we've defined it as we choose joy and optimism in our journey. That's kind of the slogan that goes with it. We choose joy and optimism in our journey. How many know it's a lot easier to choose complaining and pessimism in our journey? But we actually make the intentional step of choosing joy and optimism in the journey. And uh, I remember when we were first talking about this years ago, we had, uh, we had actually said, oh, we're going to make one of the values fun. Because we want, we want uh, life in Christ and faith to be fun. And uh, that's a good thing. But there was a lot more verses in the Bible about joy than fun, right? And uh, fun can be more short-lived. It can be so, so uh, just very dependent on the circumstance. Joy is, is better than fun. Joy is better than happiness. Because happiness is an emotional response to an external reality. Something that happens outside of me. That makes me happy, right? Joy is an attitude that is built on an internal reality. Joy is an attitude that's built on internal reality. And uh, I, I love that God has that plan for us. I want to just mention, you know, this past week, had a, a rough moment, got up at 4 a.m. one day to watch Argentina debut in the World Cup. And uh, we were playing Saudi Arabia. It should have been, you know, just easy game. And uh, no offense to the Saudis, right? But, uh, you know, we had a stronger team. This has got to be our World Cup. And uh, I'm FaceTiming my wife. I was in a different city, and we're all watching it, you know, at 4 a.m. And then we score first. And when we scored three other goals that got, you know, canceled because of offside and some ridiculous technology, corrupt thing from whatever. And, uh, and then when we get into the second half, the Saudis scored on us twice, and we just fell apart. And we lost. And we're like, we could actually get knocked out of the World Cup before the first round is over. And it, I was like, oh, man. four years waiting for this event. Bought jerseys. Like, have, have had it on my calendar for months. You know, and, uh, and, then, and, and so it's kind of weighing on me. And then we, you know, uh, over, the, over Thanksgiving, got to visit some great friends and uh, in another state and drove down and, and like I said, had turkey, had grilled turkey, smoked turkey, ham, uh, tri-tip, every kind of protein that you can imagine, right? And watched sports, took naps and played phase 10, didn't win at phase 10, played Settlers of Catan, didn't win at Settlers of Catan either. So I was, I was having kind of a rough week with uh, anything sports related or competition related, right? 
And uh, on this trip, though, uh, there was we were driving down to, to Missouri, actually, and out of nowhere, this deer decides to pick a fight with my Corolla. And uh, true story. And uh, that, that it was like a flash, and uh, in, a, in an instant, you know. And uh, my my daughter and her friend slept through it, and I was like, "Wow, <laughs> how did you do that?" And uh, as we, you know, pulled over and kind of assessed and everything, you know, and took, you know, and you would not imagine the worship service that broke out right after that, because this, you know, how many know that you know uh, Corolla did not win this fight. <laughs> And uh, how many know it could have been a lot worse, too? That could have been fatal. And all of a sudden, gratitude and, and just the joy of God's protection. We had prayed specifically as we were taking off to drive. And, uh, and, and we were just like, God, thank you so much. Thanks for your protection. Thanks for, for, for keeping us. Thanks for not allowing things to, to be worse. You know, just a fraction of an instant Later, and we would have hit it head on, and it could have rolled into the car. Or, you know, it could have been just—it could have been really ugly. And uh, and God was faithful. And uh, and yes, there's uh, you know working with insurance and all that good stuff now. But there is so much more to be grateful for and joyful for, even in the midst of difficulty. And all of a sudden, getting up at 4 a.m. to watch uh, 22 guys run around and actually not win a game. Seemed like a very small detail in the grander scope and perspective of life. There is so much to be grateful for and so much that we can find joy in. God is the source of our joy. He is our peace. He is faithful. How many say amen to that? Thank you, Jesus. Uh, someone also said that's the closest I'm going to get to hunting, and I can't argue with them <laughs> up to this point. Someday, maybe, you know, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I choose to believe that it was a tie. I don't know where that deer is at, but anyway, let's move on. How can you experience God's joy in your life? I just want to briefly give you a couple action steps, things that can help you on your journey. The first thing I want to say is make room for God's joy. Make room for God's joy. Oftentimes we clutter our minds, our hearts, our conversations with so much unnecessary stuff, even negative stuff that doesn't leave room for God's joy. Love what it says in Galatians 5, and 23, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, first, second one, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. I've often heard that some people are like, yeah, I got, I got love and I got self-control and I got kindness. I did not get joy. Others are like, I did not get patience. I was just not wired with that. I don't have self-control. You know, God should have given me that if he expected me to behave better. And, uh, and I just want to clarify, you don't get to opt in and out of whichever one of the, like it's all part of the same fruit, right? Can I describe it the following way? Someone said, are you taking a snack up to preach with? And I'm like, yeah, I need some vitamin C. And uh, under my fingernails, that's where I need the vitamin C. And so think of it this way. The fruit of the Spirit, it's actually one fruit with a bunch of different segments in it. You can't opt out of self-control. You can't opt out of goodness or kindness or even joy. 
Joy is a must. You can't say, well, I didn't get that one. No, it is. It's a segment. It comes with the work of your spirit in your life. And so as you, you know, think of it this way, you know, you got love and then you got joy and then you got all of the different segments that are parts of the same fruit. As the Holy Spirit is active in us, he produces this kind of fruit. We, we inevitably, because of the work of the Spirit, become loving. We inevitably, because of the work of the Spirit, become joyful. Inevitably, because of the work of the Spirit in us, we become kind, we become self-controlled, we have, we have goodness, and uh, all of the different attributes that are the effect, the impact of what is happening on the inside. So let's make room for joy in our life. I'm getting kind of hungry, guys. So Self-control, self-control. I'm not going to eat the rest of it right now. So it needs to be, you know, this is, it's not like an optional thing. Joy is not optional. Turn to the person next to you and say, joy is not optional in your life. You need to have joy in your life. You need to have it because you got the Holy Spirit at work in your heart, in your life. It's part of God's plan. Uh, the analogy of the fruit also teaches us, it reminds us that it, we need to be connected to the source. We need, to, we need to collaborate with how he cultivates this in our life. It's not an immediate thing. It's not grocery store fruit. This is something that is cultivated and grown in us. There's a process where God brings that out. He makes us more loving, makes us more patient, makes us more joyful as we continue to remain connected to him. Joy is a reality and experience. It's states uh, of being to embrace in him. It's intentional. That's why Paul says rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. It's something you choose. It's an active decision. And it's regardless of the circumstances that surround us. We should always be joyful. We should always be thankful. Because this is the will of our Father in Christ Jesus. Amen. I love the words of Jess, one of our coworkers, teammates here. She uh, struggled and navigated chronic illness. And uh, she just had a lot of questions and different uh, you know, things that she was, she was processing. And she said, being joyful, joyfully content doesn't mean you're happy about something that has happened. It just means that you have a broader perspective than the current moment. And you trust in God's sovereignty. As I reframed my mindset to be content with my current situation, I found a sense of joy that I had not felt in years, even though my health had not changed. So things can change on the inside before they change on the outside. Second way to experience God's joy in your life, cultivate joy through gratitude and hope. We just celebrated communion. Communion is looking back with gratitude, and it's looking ahead with hope. Looking back with gratitude and looking ahead with hope. Says uh, uh, Dr. Brene Brown says, in my 12 years of research on 11,000 pieces of data, I did not interview one person who had described themselves as joyful, who also did not actively practice gratitude. For me, it was very counterintuitive because it went, uh, I went into research thinking that the relationship between joy and gratitude was, if you are joyful, you should be grateful. But it wasn't that way at all. Instead, practicing gratitude invites joy 
into our lives. Praise God for that. It's the right week to talk about this as well. As we practice gratitude, we invite joy. As we practice gratitude to God, we invite God's joy into our lives. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, always be joyful. Everyone say always with me. Always, always, always. Always, never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Always be joyful. Be grateful. There's a correlation there. There's a connection between those two attitudes. And as we hope and look ahead, there's joy in that, in that anticipation of the advent, of the coming of Christ. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. And keep on praying, it says in Romans 12, 12. Then Romans 15, 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Look back in gratitude. Look forward in hope. And just watch. Just watch the joy grow in your mindsets, in your hearts, in the tone of your relationships, in your conversations. Final thing, how to experience God's joy. Share God's joy with your world. Share God's joy with your world. Joy to the world is not just for me. It's not just for mine. It's not just for my traditions. It's not just for what, what I have anticipated or what I've looked forward to. Joy to the world means that God wants joy to be accessible in a reality for the world around me. My prayer is that as we head into this season, that God would make us alert, mindful. He'd help us to see, to notice the people that he wants to extend joy to and hope and peace and his love to. You know, there's almost like two types of people during the holidays. There's the, uh, the wish list people. One of my kids actually texted me a wish list uh, for Christmas. I'm not going to point at anyone or make eye contact right now. <laughs> Trying really hard to not make eye contact. Um, there's the wish list people, and then there's the gift list people. And the gift list people are the ones that are thinking about what could I do for so-and-so? What could I give them? And they're intentionally moving their eyes off themselves and thinking, what can I do to bring joy, to express care and express love to them? Acts 20, 35, you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. So this Christmas season, yes, we get to celebrate. Yes, we get to participate in different traditions and there's different things that are they warm our hearts but it's not about us how many say amen to that Jesus came to this world and it wasn't about him it was about him bringing hope to the world around him. so let's share the joy of God and as we look forward to our Christmas services let's begin to pray even now God who can I invite what an incredible opportunity to be able to celebrate the love of God salvation in Christ can I invite? Who can I bring on the journey with me? Who can I share God's joy with? Would you stand with me at all locations? I want to lead you in a prayer and then we're going to sing a song together. I want to ask God, 
to fulfill what He has promised, what He has said throughout everything we talked about today, that He would fill us with all joy, that that joy would overflow, that it would be Christ's joy, that it would be our strength, and that it would, that it would also uh, fill us with hope to be able to, to face whatever circumstance we're going through, and that it would lead us to comfort the hearts of others that are around us. So would you pray with me, Father, today? We thank you so much, Lord, for your joy in our lives. Thank you, God, for the fact that you came into humanity, into, into our story, God, as Christ, born as a child, in frailty, in, in vulnerability, in humility, and you came close. You took the initiative to reach us where we're at, and you brought hope, you brought your love, you brought your forgiveness into our story, and you ignited a joy, God, that continues to grow, continues to, to overflow, continues to develop in us. And God, we ask that throughout this Christmas season, God, that you would continue to strengthen your joy through your Holy Spirit in us, and that you would also help us to share your joy with the world around us, with the world around us. Lord, we thank you. We worship you. We thank you with gratitude of all the good things that you've done in our lives. We thank you today. Can you just raise your hands towards heaven? Just begin to say thank you, God, for your faithfulness. Thank you for the hope that I have in you. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We pray that you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. Check out emmanuelcc.org for faith resources, how to get plugged into community, or to join us live on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. We are so excited to see what God is going to do. The best is yet to come.